quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and with me today is Sue, co-host of Women at Warp on the Roddenberry Network. Sue, how are you today? I'm doing great. It is, uh, for me, it's the middle of Dragon Con weekend, so this would normally be an off-limits time for me, but I'm excited to be here. Ah, well, thanks so much for taking some time out of your schedule and, and coming on the show. Absolutely. It's great to finally officially meet you for the first time. Yeah, you too. We uh, seem to share some experiences, so it's it's fun. <laughs> we do share some experiences on previous network areas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so, I love Women at Warp, and I it's so great to meet you. I, I stopped by your table at STLV last year and said hi and picked up some stickers and all of that, and so it's nice to, to join each other on over on this side of the uh, continuum. <laughs> Absolutely. So we probably have met in person then and just didn't remember it. <laughs> probably. I would be one of the guys that was running around in a scant during STLV. Ah, uh, yes, almost definitely then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's so good to have you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Today we're reading and discussing your comments on Cupid's Errant Arrow, the fifth episode of Lower Decks. Open Channel is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every single brand new Trek episode as it drops, and other topics we decide to talk about along the way. To join the conversation on Facebook, type the Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group. Follow us on Twitter at Open Channel Trek. I'll post an Open Channel conversation thread when each new episode drops. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, and theories, and they just might get read on the air. Keep in mind that comments may be edited for time. Sue, let's go ahead and get going. All right, so the first comment today is from Joshua DeVries. This episode was a delight. That DS9 flashback with the gray uniforms was amazing. Also, it's so sweet to see Tendi and Rutherford being adorable nerds together. I'm loving how it looks like Mariner, the most chaotic of the four, is becoming the mom friend. Also, the Suliban and Trip Tucker shoutouts made me grin. Always fun to see Enterprise rep. Oh, thanks, Joshua. Yeah, there were a ton of Easter eggs and deep cuts in this episode. So many. I loved the DS9 kind of flashback. That was really cool. I loved Mariner's hair. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very fun to see on social media so many people saying, I didn't I was looking so closely at the ship that I didn't notice Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I didn't notice it either until the comments. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah, I have to rewatch it again. And the Sulaban, the Sulaban shout out was so cool to me because I love the Sulaban, even though they didn't quite flesh them out as well as I thought they could have. I love the Sulaban so much. Mm -hmm. And the cross between Kirk and Trip is so awesome. I mean that that is what they were trying to do with with Mr. Trip Tucker there. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, the Kirk Sunday with with Trip Tucker sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, For so sure. great. 
Noe Santos says, whoa, no cold open? This show is keeping us on our toes. It is keeping us on our toes. It's very fast, and it's so easy to miss stuff. Another solid episode. What's up with the T-88s? Can only certain ships have access to this technology? Just a thought. Also, can we identify all the pop culture references in Bradward's Cool Guy Ensemble? Well, Noe. Ooh, so many questions. So many questions, yeah. Uh, I guess the T-88s, you know, you got to be super cool to have them. It's like software, right? Right. Like we were talking about before recording, how I'm on Legacy GarageBand because my <laughs> computer's too old. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you know, certain ships have certain things and, you know, everybody can't get all the upgrades all at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, the note about the cold open, that caught me, too. I yeah. tried to rewind thinking I missed the opening of the episode and i thought that all access was glitching uh, because all access is known to glitch it has so. it has been known to it's better this year i will say yes <laughs> yeah i didn't get any of the pop culture references in in his ensemble i didn't see any very specific ones none that were obvious to me i'm sure if you go back that there are very specific things that they put in there i'm sure they were based on things there was def- there's the um like the Letterman jacket is one side, there's a leather and then a leather jacket. Yeah. And he's wearing two different shoes. But it's not like they're, they, they weren't obvious references to me to, to specific things in pop culture. Maybe the glasses were like a Bono reference. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. Just a guess. So the next comment is from Patrick Carlin, who said, The keto was doctored DS9, y'all. Dead. Moons can't plummet. That's something the government made up to control us. Hashtag relevant. <laughs> I mean, Patrick, I think you hit the nail on the head here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, relevant in so many ways. I, I, I mean, probably not worth going into <laughs> on this show, but we definitely could. <laughs> and Janessa Kiharta says, Oh boy, I can practically hear the outrage from the Pearl Clutchers about a cartoon character saying the word sex. I know, me too, definitely. And the black bar nudity. And yeah, they may have a point since Lower Deck's intended target audience is a little ambiguous. That being said, I don't care if anyone is outraged. I love this episode. I actually loved the interaction between Boimler, Mariner, and his erstwhile girlfriend. And the final scene with Tendy and Rutherford and their pile of T-88s was so adorable. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, Janessa, you always talk about all of the pearl clutchers and the gatekeepers and all of that kind of stuff. And we are on totally the same side of the fence when it comes to people who just do stuff like that. And I just, I just, I don't care. What do you think, Sue? I, I might have to disagree that the target audience is ambiguous. Okay. Right? It has been a long time since cartoon equaled kids show. True. Right? Just because something is animated doesn't mean that it's intended for children. Just like, you know, Family Guy and Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons, Simpsons yeah. are not intended for children. So I, I don't know. I take a little bit of issue with the idea that their target audience is ambiguous. This is an adult's comedy show. Yeah. I mean, it's not adult like NC-17 adult, but it is for adults for like, what is it? 14 plus TV 14, yeah, right? I think so. So, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's quite as ambiguous either. Yeah, I agree that people are going to be upset by this. 
and oh, yeah. and they shouldn't be. <laughs> but I don't think that there is an argument to be made that like this is a kids show because this is not a kids show. Yeah, totally not. And oh, the the girlfriend storyline. While we're on the plot, I'll just say very quickly that I sort of rolled my eyes when it appeared that the plot was going to be the jealous boyfriend trope again. Uh... Because, I mean, that's just, we've seen that in sitcoms for forever. Right. But I am kind of glad they turned the, the parasite trope on its head. Yeah. And it was Boimler that was the problem instead of our friend Barb. Yeah, I liked that too. That was cool. I was kind of hoping she would be the salt, like a salt creature or something, but, you know. I thought it was really cute. I really liked this episode a lot. I think, I mean, you're not an analysis show, so I don't want to do this to you. But... No, please. please. But, but you're also a guest, and, and we don't have a ton of comments, so you're right. feel free. I think that this is, so far, the best structured episode. Okay. And I think it's it's very clear in this one that there's the what would be, if this were a next-gen episode, the A-plot that's happening in the background. Right. And we've got our B and our C plots with our lower decks characters. Sure. But flipped so that the, the Mariner and Boimler plot becomes the A plot, etc. But what's happening for the bridge crew is the reason that the ship is there. It's the reason they're all in this situation. And it all plays out in a, a much more, to me anyway, a, a much more intertwined way than it has in previous episodes. So I feel like that structure has, has come together here in this one. Yeah. I think that's a really good observation. I agree. It it did have that kind of more standard Star Trek format, you know, and structure. I think that's that's a great observation. And I was saying about uh, last week's episode, I thought the pacing was really great in Moist Vessel. I really loved the pacing in that. But this definitely felt a little bit more properly structured. And I loved how we went back and forth between, like you said, the main bridge crew and then the lower decks and everything. I agree. Awesome. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So uh, the next comment is from Paloma Bennett, who says, I love all the Star Trek The Next Generation references in this episode. My favorite one is Mariner's flashback, where they're all discussing how Data has an evil brother named Lore. Then they laugh about how every week something crazy happens on the Enterprise D. So meta. My second favorite reference is when Mariner talks about Picard Day. I laughed a lot this episode. Yeah, thanks, Paloma. Those are great catches. Those were those were really great ones. I was surprised Mariner would know about Q. Okay, my only question about that is the timing with what was going on on the D and then when Mariner was there talking about those references. So how old is Mariner? Well, we know she's been a lieutenant before and got demoted again. Right. So I'm I'm not sure. I mean, they're they're clearly referencing specifically descent. Right. Right, which is six. Six. Oh, it's the end of season six. Okay, six into seven. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that, that makes the uniforms, well, no, it doesn't, because the DS9 crew are wearing not the gray uniforms yet. Right. So those don't quite line up either. Huh. Uh-oh. Cannon police. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could go down the rabbit hole, but oh, why? Because it's a yeah. cartoon. Ew, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's a it's it's a TV show, really. Yeah, exactly, agreed. <laughs> and it's, it's really cool, so don't care. Uh, but I do really like the idea that the Adventures of the Enterprise D makes its way by word of mouth yeah. around Starfleet, and they're all just like, "Man, that ship, that ship is bizarre." <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then it kind of like 
it also lends itself to not taking everything as much as so seriously, which we all have a tendency to do. Let's face it. For sure. <laughs> Nicholas Paul Collinson says, I'm loving this show so much. I think this might have been my favorite episode. The A, B, and C plots were all really solid, and the payoffs for each of them were really funny. Yeah, I agree. I love that working on an important ship is super stressful. That makes perfect sense. And the reveal that it was Brad who had the parasite was really fun. The whole, quote, she can't possibly be that into you, she must have ulterior motives, end quote, thing is something we've seen before in other shows, but they did it really well here. Yeah, they did, Nick. My favorite other shoe drop reveal was the plot. I like that. My favorite other shoe drop reveal was the plot with the captain debating with the alien, though. Oh, yeah, that was great. The whole thing of trying to find a solution to fit everyone was classic Star Trek. But then the reveal at the end was such a hilarious twist. I will be laughing about those last lines for a while. There are only two of you? Yeah, but we're rich. Implode the moon. Just perfect deadpan delivery. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Loved it. Yeah, that was hilarious. I cracked up. Uh, I cracked up. And I, again, the captain is my favorite. I love Don Robinson. I think she's incredible. I, I just love her. And the implode the moon line was so great. Yeah, I... What are the words? You don't like the captain. That's what you're going to say. No, I do. Oh. I love her. <laughs> it's, it's very Star Trek, right? Like... Because he's he's talking about it. Our whole civilization is is under in danger if you do this. And right. like, oh, it's just two of you and you own an entire planet. No, bye. <laughs> like the two percent. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, they threw a lot of like kind of you know classic Trek tropes you know in there that 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 are really cool and and and, and made it very funny. What I paused over, sorry, was minute of meta, is that you said Don Robinson, and it's Don Lewis. Oh, Don Lewis. I said Don Robinson. Oh, you know why I said Don Robinson? Don Robinson is an original member of In Vogue, which is my favorite group, <laughs> and she recently followed me on Instagram, and then I also love Don Lewis oh because I, I know. And so then I also love Don Lewis from A Different World and Hanging with Mr. Cooper and you know, they both have Don in their name. But Don Lewis has two N's in her Don. Yes. It just, it, it shook my brain for a minute. So I yeah. apologize for that. No, I, I apologize for getting it wrong. Sorry, Don. I know you're both listening. <laughs> They're not listening. Well, Skipper8210 on Twitter wrote, Loved this episode. Great references and new challenges for the cast. Liked Captain Freeman a little better. Maybe some social commentary about upper class behavior here. Don't like the fact that the first officers who stun or stab people don't get held accountable. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I do like Rebecca. I like that you're liking Captain Freeman a little better. And Sue, Rebecca has commented a lot about how people aren't being held accountable for the way that they're acting. And, you know, there's a lot of improper conduct going on and, and you know, things things like that. And it's true. You know, it's true. They're valid concerns. It's true, but that's also nothing new to Star Trek. Fair. How many times does Data take over the Enterprise and he's never punished? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it's just told in a different way. Like, it's told in an animated comedy sort of way. But it's the same kind of story. It's the same kind of thing. And I think sometimes because we don't 
have the same affinity for these characters yet. We don't forgive them as much as we would on next gen. Right. You know, the the, the one I'm thinking of now is um, Suspicions, where Crusher performs an autopsy against the family and cultural oh, wishes. Yeah. She right. steals a shuttlecraft. She... I, does she end up killing the guy? At the very least, she fights this guy. And, you know, at one point she's relieved of duty, but after she proved that she was right all along, she doesn't get in trouble for anything else she did. Right. So as Star Trek is very ends justify the means throughout. Mm-hmm. And we, we never really see people being held accountable for their actions. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is a valid point and a valid concern. But it is not an issue that is just with lower decks. That's very fair to say. Yeah. I mean, even like in TNG, when they, you know, the society, I can't remember which episode, they cloned everybody with their DNA and then they go in and phasered all of the, all of them growing all the, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. Do remember? I don't remember which episode that was, but that was kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Burnham got held accountable for being a mutineer. For a while. Kind of. <laughs> For a while. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the comments we have this week. So, Sue, what would you think of everybody's thoughts? I think it's super great that people are putting the same kind of critical thought into an animated show that they would a live action show for Star Trek. I do think that we have to, with any new show, we have to give it some time. We're in episode five. We're halfway through season one. And I mean, just think back to TNG season one. You know, I think I think we're head and shoulders above anything we were we're getting there, except maybe the big goodbye. Mm. But <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's I, I think it's great that we can have fun and think critically about these stories at the same time. And and Lower Decks is giving us a lot to work with. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited peop- that people are talking about it. Yeah, me too. I I I love the show. I think it's great. Are are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I'm having a really good time. I'm very excited that uh in a recent panel Mike McMahon said that the creators' favorite episodes were in the second half of the season. Oh, cool. So that makes me ex- more excited for what's to come. I'm I'm ready to see what they've got in store and I'm hoping we finally get into Cetacean Ops. Oh my god, please. <laughs> yes. Definitely. I'd love that. And I want to see some Zindi and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, they can do anything. And I, I'm going to be excited about it just because it's animated. They can kind of do whatever the heck they want to. They can bring anybody in. They can, you know, I think I think it's it's a really fun ride. And I'm 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 going to be sad when the season's over. Yeah. The one thing I'm really hoping for as we go into the second half of the season is I want to see them switch it up. Okay. Mariner is always with Boimler and Tendi is always with Rutherford. Right. Oh, yeah. Mix it up. That's It's been that way every episode. And they're very rarely all four of them together. That's true. And they even said in this episode, this, this is where all of our friends are. Well, well let's see them all together as friends mm-hmm. and, and, and interacting with each other more. Yeah. All right. Well, Sue, thanks again for joining me today. It's been so fun having you for this brief episode. Yeah. What, what's up, people? Comments. I know. <laughs> Is it the Labor Day holiday? Is it, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, when Discovery comes, like, we, like I said before we started recording, when Discovery comes, I have a feeling that there are going to be a lot of comments to sift through. 
There's there's a lot of questions going into Discovery season three. Oh my god! Sure. I'm in a, I'm at the end of my rewatch of season one right now, and I just got back to the Prime universe, and I'm I'm loving I'm loving season one so much more this time around watching it. Ah, uh, I love it. <laughs> well, Sue, tell our listeners where they can find you on the socials. Sure. If you are looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitter at Spaltor. That's S-P-A-L-T-O-R. And if you'd like to hear me talk about feminism and Star Trek, you can go to womenatwarp.com or follow Women at Warp on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Awesome. Thanks again for being here and please come back. I'd love to. Thank you so much. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. During the whole lockdown around the world, Enterprise is having a surge in popularity. I don't know if you've seen it. That's what I've been hearing. It's crazy, like the Facebook groups, Twitter, everyone is talking about Enterprise, and I didn't realize so many Trek fans had never even watched it. It's nuts. People call themselves lifelong Trekkies who never watched it, and are loving it now. I said to someone a week or two ago, I said, look, I'm so glad that you're finally getting around to watching it and enjoying it. But where were you guys (laughs) 15 years ago when we needed you, when the show was on the edge then ultimately got cancelled loading hollow suite preview program for there are four questions a star trek spotlight podcast i imagine also being a writer and growing up having fallen in love with star trek and then being able to combine your craft with that is is just an amazing thing to experience it really is it's an incredible feeling to be part of star trek not just in an ancillary manner, writing for the tie-ins, but to have been able to contribute to the shows, at least in some small way, to have contributed to the canon of this phenomenon. Loading Sweet preview program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning. The structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.